good to see you all. I just feel the need to enter into just a quick space of worship. Just a quick space. Can you give me just a moment? I just, there's just been a song in my heart that calls him a way maker, a miracle worker, a promise keeper, the light in the darkness. So can you just join in with me for just a moment, stand to your feet, and let's just declare that in this place this morning, for he is here right now. He is here right now. And we glorify him, we honor him, we praise him, we adore him. He's the king of kings. Come on and open up your mouths right now and worship him. Create an atmosphere of worship in this place. Waymaker, miracle worker, promise keeper, light in the darkness, my God, that is who you are. I know he is a waymaker, miracle worker, promise keeper, light in the darkness, You've been my healer, my provider, my miracle worker. Yeah, 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 yeah. Light in the darkness, my God, that is who you are. That is who you are. That is. Come on and give the miracle worker praise today. Give the promise keeper praise today. Give the light in the darkness praise today. There's darkness all around us, but we know that he is the light. He is the light. He is the light. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Bless the Lord. Bless the Lord. Amen. 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 Thank you, Lord. We're going to go to the word of God today from the book of Mark. Mark chapter 2, verses 1 through 12. And as I read it at the moment, I would like for you to just listen. 
try to picture this story that may be familiar to some, but new to others. Some days later, when Jesus came back to Capernaum, people heard that Jesus was back in town, and many gathered at the house where he was staying. Soon the crowd overflowed from the house into the streets, and still more people pressed forward to hear Jesus teaching the message of God's kingdom. Four men tried to bring a crippled friend to him, but since the crowd prevented their carrying him close enough to get Jesus' attention, they climbed up onto the roof, opened a hole in it, and lowered the paralyzed man on his mat down to Jesus. It seemed like they had heard about a miracle worker. Jesus recognized the faith of these men Jesus to the paralyzed man, son, your sins are forgiven. Some scribes were sitting in the crowd and they didn't like what they were hearing. Scribes reasoning to themselves, what does this Jesus think he is doing? This kind of talk is blasphemy, an offense against the most high. Only God can forgive sins. At once, Jesus realized what they were thinking. He turned to them. Jesus says, why do my words trouble you so? Think about this. Is it easier to tell this paralyzed man your sins are forgiven? Or to tell him, get up, pick up your mat and walk. Still, I want to show you that the Son of Man has given the authority, has been given the authority on earth to forgive sins. And to the paralytic, he says, get up, pick up your mat and go home. The man rose to his feet, immediately rolled up his mat and walked out into the streets. Everyone in the crowd was amazed and all they could do was shake their heads. Thank God for this miracle and say to each other, we've never seen anything like that. Amen. He's a miracle worker. And I have to communicate with my PowerPoint friend. I need you to go back to verse one. You got that one. All right. So my question to you today is, where do you see yourself? And where do you yourself. I tried really hard not to have alliteration. I didn't start out the sermon saying, let me have alliteration, but it came so easily that I just had to do it. So um, that's where we're going to be. So now I want to talk about this story and I want us to put ourselves there. Where do we see ourselves? So what has happened is in the book of Mark, Jesus has healed the leper and he tells the leper, don't tell anyone. Don't tell anyone that's what happened. But we know that when things happen, especially a miracle, right, news just travels and it spreads. And so he's in this book taking action and doing several different things. And word is getting around about Jesus. So actually after that miracle, he had to go away for a little while. And then news spreads, hey, Jesus has come back. So we're going to go to verse 1 through 2 now. So it says, Jesus has come back. They heard that he's back in town. And so everyone begins to gather. 
But he left because he didn't want the spotlight on him. That's not why he was doing what he was doing. So he says, let me let this calm down a little bit, and then I'm going to come back, right? So he came back, and he was at a house. We're not too sure whose house it was, if it was his or Peter's, but he comes back to this house. And they hear, and then they start crowding into the house. They crowd so much that there is no room anywhere, so much so that people are outside the door. Imagine if we were really crowded in here today. Some of you might want a little bit more room, but you're not crowded in here today, right? So you're in the crowd, and you're trying to look, and you're trying to see what's he saying. And some of them are there simply just to be nosy because they're like, I heard this man is a miracle worker. I want to go see what he's doing. Right? I just want to be there. I just want to be there and see what's happening. Some came to criticize and came skeptical. But they're all in the room so much so that it's jam-packed. I bet it's sweaty, probably doesn't smell real good when you're in a crowd, right? Think about being on the tee. Do you really like being that last person that hops on and you can't really get on there? No, right? But they're there. And so there's a crowd. So we have this crowd, and then there are four men who are carrying a paralyzed man on a mat. I was going to ask TJ, DeMond, Jeff, and Troy to put Clint, because we know his foot, on a mat and ask them to carry him from the back door up here just to see how that would go. But, you know, I I didn't know if they loved me like that to participate in my illustration, so I didn't do it. But let's just imagine those four, right? Let's just imagine. People might not know you, so stand up. Jeff, Troy, Damon, and TJ, just stand up. You got the four of them. Look at them. All right, you can have a seat, brothers. But it, it says four men carried a paralyzed man on a mat. We don't know how long they had been carrying the man. We don't know how heavy the man was. And if he's paralyzed, he probably hadn't bathed in a while either, right? I don't know where I'm going with the smells today, but that was probably a little smelly too. And so you have all the people in the crowd. And you mean to tell me they didn't see four men with a paralyzed man on a mat? They had to have seen him, but they did not move. They were like, I'm just trying to see Jesus, right? No one moved out the way, right? No one moved. So guess what they did? They said, well, I heard this man is a miracle worker. I need my friend to get healed. I'm going up on the roof. I'm going up on the roof. You won't move. I am going to make a way right now. I'm going to get to the way maker, and we're going to do this, right? So I had to talk to Jeff, and he told me the the houses were not very big. So imagine a one-bedroom, just one room, and then there was a ladder that you could climb up the ladder, and the roof was made out of wood, and then there's straw, and then there's mud. So you got all these people in the crowd who did not move because they didn't want to be inconvenienced, right? Didn't want anyone to interrupt what they're doing. So when they get on the roof, they're still interrupted because they started digging a hole big enough to get him down. 
it's not clean, right? Imagine what was up on the roof. Now Jesus is trying to talk, and they're still interrupted because mud has to come off the roof. So you imagine we're standing here right now, and a hole just happens in the church. No, Lord, not today. But just imagine stuff's falling on your head. You should have moved, but they didn't move. I bet they moved then when stuff started falling. So they did not move. But his friends who had faith because they had heard that this man could heal were determined to get their friend to him. So what happens next? There's some people sitting. Usually in a crowd, there's like standing room only. But some kind of way, the scribes are now just sitting Right, because they probably got there real early. Because the scribes are the rule keepers, right? The lawmakers want to make sure it's followed. So they were probably like, oh, people are coming. Let me get there early to make sure that this goes how it's supposed to go. See what's going to happen. Make sure people are doing what they're supposed to do, right? And they were sitting in the crowd, and they didn't like what they were hearing because they heard something. When Jesus saw them tearing up the roof to get their friend down, he says, he recognized the faith of the friend, so he says, son, your sins are forgiven. He didn't say, what are y'all doing? (laughs) That's what we all would have said, right? But he says, he recognized the faith that they had. And he says, son, your sins are forgiven. And the scribes say, what does Jesus think he's doing? He can't do that. He's not God. He can't forgive sins. I I find that really strange, right? It's like they're more concerned about him following the rules of being the right person. He just forgave someone's sins. Forgive mine, Lord. Like, he just forgave someone's sins. They're like, you can't talk like that. You're not God. And they're saying this inside of their hearts. They didn't say it out loud. This is what they were thinking. And Jesus responds to them and says, why do my words trouble you so? Would it be easier if I just told him to get up and walk? Or to forgive his sins? And he tells him that the Son of Man can do this. I thought about if I were a scribe at that point. What I would think to myself is, how did you know what I was thinking? Then that question that I asked before, I would say, huh, maybe this guy is someone that I should uh, pay attention to. Because how did he know they did not say it out loud, right? So... That's what's happening here, that Jesus sees their faith. He tells this paralyzed man, your sins are forgiven. And then this is also the first time that he allows who he really is to be revealed. Before, he's been healing people and he has said, go, don't tell anyone. But this time, for this miracle, He says, I want to show you that the Son of Man has been given the authority on earth to forgive sins. He's letting them know 
the son of man. I'm the son of man. I can do this. And so then he says to the paralytic, get up, pick up your mat, and go home. Guess what the paralytic man did is what I would have done too. I would have been down there, and I would have gotten up, got my mat, and I would have been like, I'm, I'm healed. I'm going home. That's what he did. He listened, and he obeyed. But the beautiful thing about all of this, even in the midst of the miracle, God is praised. God is praised because those who were there, all they could do was shake their heads. They just had to shake their heads. Whoa, that just happened. But I'm going to, I'm going to glorify God, and I am going to give God praise and thank God for this miracle because we've never seen anything like this. Never. When God does something to you, for you, through you, you need to give him praise. And that I know in this room we can all give him praise again right now because he has been a miracle worker for us. Thank you, Jesus. In the midst of this praise, if you are in Sunday school but not on the children's choir, you can go to Sunday school right now. If you are on the children's choir and you're singing for the offering and the welcome song, you can stay in your seats. But for the rest of you, you can head on over and your friends, your friends, are going to join you pretty soon. So we have an understanding of the story. And as I read this story and thought about it, there were two groups that stood out for me. There's the crowd and there's the community. The crowd and the community. So I want to talk about those very quickly. So in the crowd, I saw two groups. In the crowd, I see the consumers and I see the critics. In the community, I see the crew and the confined. So let's talk about these. And we're going to see. I want you to see. Do you see the sea? You see the sea? I want you to see where you are. So the crowd, the consumers that were in the crowd were there because they wanted to see the show. They were there because they wanted to see this rock star, this guy that's going around killing people. They were there because they wanted to get something for themselves. Those who were the consumers were the ones who did not get out of the way. They actually blocked the way for the paralyzed man to get to Jesus. They were oblivious to the hurting people who were all around them. Now, mind you, there were some hurting people who were in the crowd as well who wanted to get healed, right? But by and large, I would think that the majority of them were there as spectators. Are we spectators as a church? Are we allowing the church to be a crowd? Are we oblivious to the hurting people that may be sitting in here today that might just need for you to say, good morning, 
after church, right? But we are oblivious and focused on what we want, what we need to connect to the people that we already know, that we become the crowd right here in this place because we are not getting out of the way for others to get to Jesus. Are we becoming the crowd because right here in this place, we have consumed even our ministry? Who would think that even in my ministry, I can be a consumer? Because what is it that I can do? What is it that I can get? What recognition can I get by serving here? I would hope a greeter is not like, I want you to see my outfit today and focus on me, so I'm going to keep greeting. That's not what's happening, right? Let's not go there. But Lord knows we don't want that to happen. But are we a part of the crowd to where we just don't see the needs of others right here in our own sanctuary and we are blocking them from getting to Jesus? We're not making room. We do not want to be a part of the crowd. On Friday, the day after Thanksgiving, I do not want to be a part of the crowd. Not going to Walmart. Don't need it, right? We don't want to be in the crowd. Then we have the critics. The critics are the scribes, and they do know the law. They do know the Roman law, and they want you to follow the law, and they also know that no one else can call themselves God. We know who God is. He is not God, and you need to. we need to make sure that All that has been laid out is being done, and and we need that, right? That is why we live by the word, because it is the law, and it does tell us what we need to do, right? However, in this situation, there was no openness. They had allowed the law and the religion to, again, block those who needed healing from getting to Jesus. Are we consumed and are we also critical of how people enter into the sanctuary or when we see them on the street, when we see them at, at, on our jobs or even within our families? Are we judgmental and critical and we may have the family member who's addicted to something? And they keep doing it over and over and over again. But we're like, you need to stop. And so we become so judgmental and critical to the place where we block them from getting to Jesus because of our judgments, because of our hearts. Jesus saw the hearts of the scribes. What is in our hearts? And are we blocking people from getting to Jesus because we are so critical? Do we love people enough to help them get to Jesus? Then we have the community. The community, we have the crew, is what I like to call the four men. They were his friends. (laughs) Some people are laughing because there's another term, and it didn't start with a C. There was this movie... There are friends who will stick with you closer than a brother. They're like your posse. They are down with you wherever you go. They're going to go. They're going to be with you. And they also believe in you when you don't believe in yourself. 
these four friends felt like through their faith and their belief, if I can go up on this roof and get you down, I believe you're going to be healed. He could only do that because of the community that they had formed, the community that they were in. I know that it has been because of community many times that I have gotten the healing that I have need. The community that is willing to pray for you when you can't pray for yourself. The community that is willing to take the kids when you need a break. The community that is willing to loan you their last dime because you need money. That is what the crew will do for you. How do we become a part of this crew even within our church? We join small groups. We get into ministry. We get on the praise company. That has been my crew for years. I, I stepped out. I came back in because there is nothing like being on the worship team, nothing like it. But we have to form community and make space. The way that you are in community is because you make space for the small group. You're in community because you make space for when the friend calls and they say, I need to talk to you for a minute. Or you make space when you're on your way somewhere else and you get the phone call and they're like, could you, could you, and you know you're on the phone and you're like, no, but you, on the, all they hear is your voice. You're like, oh, sure, yeah. Right, but that's not what's in your heart, you scribe. But <laughs> I just had to make sure some of y'all were still with me. But when we are in the crew, we love. We love as Jesus has called us to love. We, we, we do what needs to get done. Another part of being in the community is that this other person who was in the community was the paralyzed man, and he was confined. That's how I got the C. I got to tell you the funny story real quick, sidebar. So I, yield, I chose the voice um, translation because the voice translation also calls him a crippled man. But as I've talked this through with my crew, no one would allow me to use the term crippled to be politically correct. But I do love the term confined even more, right? So let's think about that. And that's what happens. Sometimes we might say this circumstance and this situation has crippled me. But when you are confined, you have no freedom. You cannot get out. I might be a little crippled by a circumstance, so I can still make my way or limp from being crippled, right? But when you are confined, you are bound, you are chained, you are immobile, you can do nothing. And he is still in the community for me because he allows his friends to take him to Jesus. He's vulnerable enough to let them know what's going on with him. When you are in community and in a true community, you can let them know what's happening in your life. 
the things that can be seen and the lustful things, the sinful things, the unnameable things that cannot be seen. When you are in community, you can share those so that you will not be confined. You will share your guilt. You will share your doubt. You will share your low self-esteem because you are in a community. And you know that that community wants to get you to Jesus. So what's the difference between the crowd and the community? The difference is compassion. Compassion is to recognize the suffering of others and then to take action to help them. Those who were in the crowd, they saw the paralyzed man on the mat. You had to have seen four men carrying somebody on the mat. You cannot say, that happened today. I did not see that. You cannot say that. And they could have been very empathetic. You know, when we have empathy, we, you, just, you see them bringing him and you say, oh, he's paralyzed. <laughs> but you don't take action. Compassion means you move, you get out the way so that they can get to Jesus. It means you do something when there is compassion. And compassion is not easy. It will cost us time. It may cost us money. It may even cost you some comfort. You might need to inconvenience yourself to show compassion and take action. But when you do it, you find joy because there is joy in serving. There is true joy in serving. Compassion is also not easy for the confined man. It's not easy to share everything. It's not easy to let others serve you. Someone asks you're struggling, and someone says, oh, sister, can I take that to the car for you? That's the sim. They just want to join in the action. You're like, oh, no, 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 I got it, I got it, I got it. Then you drop everything trying to get in your car, and then you get frustrated because you dropped everything, but someone just asked to help you. Or your friend calls you and you know you're at home, can't get, can't get anything done, or me, someone says, well, do you want, do you want, and, and I took a lot of help. I took a, a lot of you in this room know I took a lot of help to get through this weekend. Someone says, do you want me to, and you might say suffering. You weren't suffering to get your, your sermon done. I was. <laughs> I was because we know that one of my things that you can't see is anxiety. I get so much anxiety around doing just about anything. It's better. But that voice, because the enemy still wants to keep us bound, was like, this. that PowerPoint does not look good enough. That was, that's mine. I'm like, well, do I need to add some images? Do I need to add a picture of a crowd and a picture of community? Maybe I need to put some quotes? And I'm like, no, I'll just tell the story. But then I had a friend, a sister, who says, who wanted to get me over being crippled by PowerPoint. I want you all to know it's that, it can be that simple, right? Get me over the PowerPoint 
And Kim McDaniels read my PowerPoint last night. Layla, I don't even know what you were doing, Kim, but I was like, here it is, <laughs> pretty late. And she looked at it. But I, I could have stayed up much later last night focused on the PowerPoint if I didn't take her help. Do you, does that resonate with anyone in the room? Someone has tried to help you with something and you didn't take it. Don't be crippled. Don't allow yourself to be confined. Because when we do that, we are keeping that person for doing what God has called them to do. She's gifted at PowerPoint. I'm going to let her run with that gift. Here, look at this. Right? We don't want to keep someone else from doing what God has called them to do. So let's show compassion. So the question, and, and there are many other ways that I know of compassion that could be a bit more inconveniencing. God, compassion is also when we adopt a child and bring that child into our home. And I'm not talking about an infant, right? I'm talking about the child who's already been in foster care, right, who already has some habits and behaviors, or we might choose to, as a single mom, feed the homeless in Central Square. That could be a bit inconvenient. That could take up your time and your money, or to spend a day of service throughout the city of Cambridge going and raking. And, and, and it could be inconvenience. It might even cost you physical pain, as someone shared, right? The back starts hurting because you're raking leaves, but you are taking action and being compassionate. And those are things that I know that people in this room have done. We need to join in with Jesus and show compassion. So where do you see yourself? Are you a consumer? Are you blocking the way to Jesus? Are you a critic? Are you more concerned about everyone following the rules that you have made up? Because most of us are focused on our rules, not the rules that he's given us in the word than helping people get to Jesus? Are you part or are you in the crew? Do you see yourself in the crew? Are you part of an unstoppable crew of friends who are willing to do what it takes to get people to Jesus? Or are you confined today? Are you open enough to allow others to carry you to Jesus. Where do you see yourself? And sometimes we can be in a mix of those, right? But where are you today? Because at the end of the day, we are all trying to get to Jesus. That's where we want to be. We want to be with Jesus. We want to be with Jesus and be in his presence. Because in his presence, I want to share this with you, and I want you to listen. Sister Rachel wrote this poem, and it is on the Praise Company CD, hashtag buy it. I don't even know if that's how you use hashtags. But <clears throat> each time I listen to this poem, I get chills. It's beautiful. This is why 
we want to get to Jesus and be in his presence. Because it's a place where my thirst is quenched. It's a place where my hunger is satisfied. A place where my heart becomes transformed. A place where I can inhale so deeply only to exhale his word. It's a place where grace and mercy is unlimited. A place where I can tell of his marvelous works. It's a place where weariness turns into rest. A place where brokenness turns into restoration. A place where sinfulness turns into purity. A place where pride turns into humility. It's a place where tears turn into laughter. A place where poverty turns into abundance. A place where mourning turns into dancing. A place where sorrow turns into joy. It's a place where confusion turns into peace. A place where obscurity turns into clarity. A place where anxiety turns into calmness. And a place where depression turns into vitality. In his presence with Jesus. It's a place where folly turns into wisdom. And it's a place where doubt turns into confidence. It's a place where weakness turns into becoming stronger. And a place where the desire to give up turns into holding on just a little while longer. It's a place where bondage turns into freedom. It's a place where pain turns into healing. It's a place where destruction turns into deliverance. It's a place where death turns into life. It is in his presence. It is with Jesus. And it is where I want to be. It is where I want to be. We want to be with Jesus. We want to come out of the crowd. We want to allow those things that are blocking us from getting to him to be removed. We want to remove the judgment that we have not only for others, but for ourselves. To be removed and to join in to fellowship with him so that he can transform us. So that we can know the transformation of his love. The transformation of his power. That is where we want to be. That is where we want to be. We bless you, Father. And we thank you, Lord, for your presence. Let us not be confined and not allow ourselves to reach out and open up and stay in isolation. There's always a call to be with Jesus. And if you hear the call in any of those areas, feel free to stand, feel free to come to the altar and we will pray with you because we do not want to get in the way.
of you being with Jesus today. We want to extend compassion. You may not even know this man, Jesus. Maybe you've never heard of him. So you've never heard of him being a miracle worker, but you know you need a miracle. And you want him to save you today from your sins. He's here. And you can act today on that call upon your life. So you can choose to stand at this time or come to the altar and we're going to close in prayer at this time. And I will close in prayer in a few moments. make room for you today, Holy Spirit, to reflect on your word. To allow your spirit to move in this place today, Lord. Lord.